Hey, welcome to More Than Bread, a podcast that takes seriously God's point of view, reemphasized by Christ that we need more than bread for life. We need more than the stuff of life for life. We, we need more than experiences, more than success. We even need more than community, friendship. We, we need more than the stuff of life for life. We need every word that comes from the mouth of God. So together, we've been eating at the table of Scripture. I'm, I'm not a food crit, critic. I'm a, I'm a table host. I'm a, a Bible reader and a guide. But most importantly, w- with you, I'm, I'm looking for the life that comes when God's Word saturates my soul and satisfies my heart and renews my mind. In, in today's episode, number 138, we are dining at the table of Psalm 107. And, and as you listen to the Scripture, I, I want you to imagine that you are in a gathering, perhaps church, maybe it's a smaller group, whatever it is, but you're in a gathering of people and you're sharing stories. At Calvary, we call them God stories, stories of God at work in and through us and, and all around us. Psalm 107 is a call for God's stories. In the first two verses, you'll hear these words, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Their stories, our stories are good and hard, a mixture of joy and struggle, desperation and redemption. Psalm 107 unfolds in kind of a unique structure. It's divided into four distinct sections, and each one is a story of people facing a variety of challenges, from those lost in the desert to prisoners, the afflicted, and sailors caught in a storm. The psalmist brings to life, brings to light their trouble, their need, followed by a cry for help, a prayer, a plea for God's hand to be upon them, which ultimately leads to an opportunity for God's steadfast love and unfailing faithfulness to redeem the day. So listen to the stories as I read from the New International Version. It's a bit of a long one, so perhaps let the words bring to mind some of your own story, your own God's story. And listen for the moment when God redeems. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Here comes a transition. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Some, new section, some sat in darkness and utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and, and they despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Here comes a transition. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he breaks down gates of bronze and he cuts through bars of iron. Some, new story, some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They they came to the point where they loathed all food and they drew near to the gates of death. Here comes a transition. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. So let them give thanks to the Lord 
for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy. Some, new story, went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and he stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord. Transition. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. He guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He he turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground and fruitful land into a salt waste. Because of the wicked of those who live there, he turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed plants and planted fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. So he blessed them and their numbers greatly increased and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder. Let the one who is wise ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Did you notice the turning point in, in each redemption story? Whether it's those lost in the desert, prisoners held captive, those suffering from affliction, or those caught in the storm of their lives, the turning point in each story is the refrain, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. That refrain is repeated four times. There, there's a pattern here. Desperation leads to travailing p- prayer, which leads to divine redemption. L- listen, no matter what your situation is right now, no matter how hard, how dark, how isolated, how stormy it is, God is always ready to hear our cries and come to our rescue. His love is steadfast, unfailing. It endures forever. It's not conditional. It's not an if love. It's steady, unwavering, relentless. And this God who loves you has the power to redeem your loss. Your story isn't finished if God has the pen. The best is yet to come. No matter how desperate our situation may seem, it's never too dark, too late, or too hard. We're never too lost, too sick, or too full of sin. We're never too far gone that his redeeming hand cannot reach us. You're just a turn of the page away from a whole new story. Let me simply highlight two of the ways that he turns the page to a whole new story. First, he gives us a plate at his table. That's the image I get in verses 5 through 9. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty, and he fills the hungry with good things. Their lives were ebbing away. 
but he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. We're, we've already been talking about hungering and thirsting for God. Psalm 64, Psalm 42 through 43, Psalm 34. Those are talking about a spiritual thirst, a hunger, a heart hunger, but and there's nothing more important than that. But but listen, God also loves the table, the meal. He's an amazing host. He satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. You realize this is one of Jesus' favorite pictures of heaven. One of his favorite visions of the goodness of God and the glory of heaven is is a meal, a banquet, a a meal around the table. In Psalm 23, verses 5 through 6, we saw he prepares a table for two in the midst of my enemies. My cup runs over. Surely his goodness will pursue me all the days of my life. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 107, 9, he satisfies the thirsty, gives good things to the hungry. Robert Stallman was a biblical scholar who taught in Seattle. I think he, 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 I love his, his picture of heaven on earth. In his dissertation, he records a, a wonderful discovery. And he asks a simple question. He says, what is God's first command and what is God's last command? He goes on to relate God's first command is found in Genesis 2.16, where God says to Adam and Eve, eat the food of the garden. God's last command, he says, is in Revelation 22, verse 17, where he says to the people who are thirsty, drink of the water of life. He writes, the Bible begins with eat and it ends with drink and everything in between is a banquet. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son, Jesus once said. In today's language, he simply would have said the kingdom of heaven is like a party. And Jesus used this language all the time, right? In Matthew 25, he described heaven on earth as a wedding party. In Luke 14, a great banquet. In Luke 15, he said that the angels throw a party in heaven every time somebody decides to go all in for Jesus. I don't know. Sometimes it seems like in our culture today, food is just about getting full. Fast food, eat quick. But in the kingdom, food is about the company around the table. This isn't just a stomach-filling meal. This is a meal around the table. And And here's the second way that he turns the page to a whole new story. He invites us to the table. He gives us a seat at the table, but he also speaks. He speaks. He sends his word. (laughs) That's the redemption story in verses 17 through 21. Some became fools through their rebellious ways. They suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death, but then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for humanity. I love that he sent out his word to heal them. I hope you didn't miss that. And if you did miss it, you if you didn't miss it, you had to know that we were going to pause there. More than bread, what we need is every word that comes from the mouth of God. I mean, if there's anything that happens in these 19 to 20 minute podcasts, I I hope with all my heart that the one thing happening is that we are together developing a taste for the treasure of God's word. So so just ask yourself right now, just where you're at, just ask yourself, do I treasure the word of God? Do I treasure God's word? You know, you know, the word of God can come to us in, in, in many different ways. I don't know how the word of the Lord came to these people who rebelled against God and drew near to the gates of death. Was it a mix, whisper mixed with a, a measure of holy discontent? Was it an audible voice or a message delivered by an angel? Did it come in a dream? 
Was it definite or subjective? Did it leave room for doubt? Did he bring it to a child or a prophet or a priest or a farmer? I, I don't know, but I do know this. We will not learn to hear the word of the Lord come to us in his whispers if we rarely seek the word of the Lord in the scriptures. The extent to which I treasure the word of the Lord is directly related to the time I spend reading and pondering and studying and listening for God's voice through scripture. The extent to which I treasure the word of the Lord is directly related to the way I respond to what I read in this book. Do you treasure the word of the Lord? You know, some of us have a treasure factor of 10 minutes a day multiplied by a 10% response rate. (laughs) I don't know. That's like a treasure factor of one on a scale of infinity. And there's so much more. We're missing more than we know. Do do we understand the incredible treasure of the words of the Lord? Here, Here the psalmist writes, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word to heal and deliver them. The word brings healing. Later in Psalm 119, we'll read, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I've suffered much. Renew my life by your word, O Lord. The, The word of God brings renewal and revival. Is that a big deal to you right now? In Romans 15, 4, it's hope. Paul writes that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. How about 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17? Those of you who have big dreams for what God might do through you, Paul writes to Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The word of the Lord equips us to do good. In fact, this equipping is necessary for all the good we do. How much do I treasure the word of the Lord? You know, it's pretty amazing. A number of years ago in Frankfurt, Germany, L. Ron Hubbard was honored at an international book festival as the single author, at least at that time, whose books have been translated into the most languages in history. His works have been translated into 71 different languages. The Book of Mormon has hit about 100 languages. Guess how many languages the Bible has been translated into? Go ahead, just wherever you're at, just say a number, take a guess, say it out loud. As of a couple of years ago, 704 language communities have the entire Bible translated into the language they understand best. 1,551 have access to the New Testament, the whole New Testament in their home language, their heart language. And 1,160 more people groups have at least some of the Bible translated into their language. It's over 3,000 people, 3,000 languages that have some element of the Bible. You know, there are over 6 billion copies of the Bible in the world today. The average American home has four. (laughs) According to Gallup, 27% of individual Americans own at least five Bibles. I got to raise my hand and say I'm guilty. I I know I have more than that. But the problem is that it seems we're not so much a people of the book as we are a people with the book. According to Barna, only a, a small percentage in our country have a biblical worldview. In a sermon from a, in a survey from a few years ago by Gallup, only one out of three of those surveyed knew who delivered the Sermon on the Mount. Fewer than half could name the first book of the Bible. Eighty percent of those who would consider themselves born-again Christians believe the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, is in the Bible. It's not. 
12% of people surveyed thought Noah's wife was Joan of Arc. <laughs> we, we aren't so much a people of the book as we are people with the book. How about you? How much do you really value the word? How much of it have you read? Have you read the whole thing ever? I wonder if I asked the question, how many of us sat down and actually read something in a Bible this week? How many of us could nod our heads? Yes. How often do you meditate on it? I mean, just really let it soak in. Not like not just reading because you have to get in a chapter so you can cross the word devotions or quiet time off a list, but, but letting a verse or a psalm or a teaching just soak into your heart in such a way that you take it with you and ponder it throughout the day. Does, does the Bible enter in when you're trying to make a decision about how to live life or what to do with your finances or, or what to do in a relationship that's difficult? How often have you had a sense that God himself was speaking to you when you read the Bible? See, if we don't value the word, our stories of redemption will be fewer and farther in between. Let me read just a few verses again, this time from the New Living Translation. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. <laughs> Let me say that again, because I, I want you to do this today. If the Lord has redeemed you, if you have a God story, a story of redemption, then I want to encourage you to speak out. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. He sent out his word, verse 20, and he healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you for each and every person who is listening to the sound of my voice. And God, I pray even more importantly that they would listen for the sound of your voice. That when they go into scripture, they would have this sense of sitting at your feet, of being with you, of, of your spirit bringing a word alive to them. And God, I pray that as you send out your word, I pray that there would be redemption story after redemption story, God's story after God's story that, that we could share with others. And God, I pray that we would share it with others. I pray that we would share it with our kids. I pray that we would share it with our neighbors. I, I pray that we would share it with our coworkers and people at church and, and fellow students. God, I pray that we would share with others the good that you have done for us. For you satisfy the thirsty and you fill the hungry with good things. You sent out your word and you healed us. God, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.